Hey, Paul. This is Orson Scott Card. I thought I was the book guy. Now I find out you're the book guy. What am I? Oh, I guess I'm just the author of Ender's Game. Okay. is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. Hi, everybody. I'm Paul the Book Guy Alves, and with me today are our co-hosts, Greg the Book Guy Ott. How you doing, Paul? How are you doing, listeners? <laughs> and Chris, the book guy, Jager. Great to be back with you both. The, uh, the view from Book Mountain is gorgeous this uh, late summer afternoon. It is, it is. You know what? Last week over at the um, Southside Shuffle and Port Credit, man, it's a lot of heavy lifting, boys, doing it without you guys. I'm glad you're back. I'm sorry I missed it. And you're sincere because you had to lug all the equipment in there, you know, through oh, the back of some kitchen. It, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot, a lot of, of heavy lifting. And we don't have it all back yet. <laughs> no, no, some of it's still at my house, so we had to make do today. Uh, as you can, folks at home can tell by my voice, uh, it, it wasn't sunstroke that I was suffering on Sunday. Like I said, uh, I actually had a bit of pneumonia, and I think it's showing through today. So I think I'm going to let Chris and Greg talk for most of this episode. I think you sound great. <laughs> I like when your voice is all raspy. Yeah, oh, I, I got the sexy uh, close-to-death voice. It's Paul, that Tom you... Waits uh, gargling gravel feel. <laughs> Paul, what have you been reading this week? Oh, what have we been reading? Uh, I actually finished the handbook for Lightning Strike Survivors uh, by uh, Michelle Youngstone. I'm still um, bathroom bibling my way through um, Area 51, which, I, Chris, I can now tell you and Greg, it is a nonfiction. I am going to be bringing it to the table soon. Hopefully one of you guys can join me for that. I got my copy of Area 51, too. If you want to hold on to that till, uh, uh, till I read it as well. because I, I will. I I'm only halfway it. through. I'm at the pictures in the middle because there's a lot of uh, picture sections. I started in paging it. through it, and it looks actually quite fascinating. It, it is is a fascinating run through the Cold War history of uh, the Area 51. The Notorious. Which Area is between 51. Area 50 and Area 52, apparently. Wow. <laughs> what, are you, what have you been uh, reading to, uh, Chris, last week? I uh, charged through a book called uh, Born to Run, and uh, we'll be talking about that a bit later. It's my favorite song. Brilliant. It is also a Bruce Springsteen album, yes. Oh, I'll have to add that to the uh, the song list. Uh, for those of you who noticed, I did Baby, put... Baby, we were born to run. Yes, karaoke again. I did put, um, Chris, all of our uh, earworms that you... Well, your earworms. I saw the earworm list I put up it on up. the site. If you go to paulthebookguy.com slash podcast, there is now a uh, earworm list on the left-hand okay, side. Okay, I have to I'll get back. I'll add that to it. I have to get back on the earworm list. I apologize that I've been neglecting that. And now <laughs> that it's have. on the site, I have to get back to it. I took on Wolfheart, the uh, World of Warcraft, the latest World of Warcraft novel, uh, after finishing the Jane Lynch memoir, Happy Accidents. I've still got On My Kobo, the uh, Everybody Wants Some, the Van Halen story, and about, it says I'm 60% done that, but they've now just broken up with Sammy too, so I, I don't know what's left. There's what's four, after that? <laughs> there's 40% of this book left. They've, they've broken up with Dave. They've broken up with Sammy. I, I don't know what's left. I've got a funny story, and it's probably the only funny story that I'm going to 
have about uh, the rise and fall of the Third Reich. I'm into the last book. Now, for those of you guys out there who, who uh, listen to audiobooks that are multi-parts, you understand that uh, oftentimes they divide it into discs. And the audible, yes. fi- the audible files are simply uh, delineated in the discs that they would have come in. And there's this pleasant man who says, Audible hopes that you've enjoyed this production. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, in, I'm going from book seven, or disc seven, into disc eight. And I have to admit that I undertook this project uh, not fully realizing the emotional impact that it was going to have. And we're starting to talk about some things that are really disturbing. And Well, you're talking millions of deaths. Y- you, yeah. know, I, you know, I, I, again, I'm going to admit, and maybe I went into it a little bit ignorant of um, what this was going to do to me when I was listening yes. to it. And uh, and even in, you know from book from discs one through five, where it was just a matter of it all being very political. Things are turning now, and and uh, we've just dealt with the Battle of Stalingrad, and where I thought this was a funny story. Funny, <laughs> funny. No. Okay, but it's funny because. Uh, we've we've now dealt with Stalingrad, where basically Hitler condemned his entire army to death, um, and now we're talking about the doctors and the and the, and the it's just horrible. He horrible. did get into a, a period of victory or death at some point. Yes, basically yeah, that's basically every, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, he just basically would sorry not, to interrupt, Greg. But, no, uh, yeah. absolutely, this conversation, I love it. And, and he basically said to his general uh, at uh, Stalingrad, who was given three opportunities to surrender by the Russian generals, uh, you know, surrender. And, and and under good conditions, too. Under under yes. very honorable soldier-like conditions. And uh, he was not... He was forbade by Hitler. Um, all these poor German soldiers perished. And um, anyways, so just after that, and we're talking about all these horrible, horrible things, the disc ends, and this guy says... Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. No. Enjoyed? No. What do you mean enjoyed, you bastard? No, I really didn't. This is the first disc. I really did not enjoy that. So it it brought a little bit of a smile to my face thinking. uh, uh, Greg, just to to butt in for a second, that is a standard, and, and all audiobooks have to, I believe it's called the Red Book Standard. I could be wrong, but there is a standard that all audiobooks have to conform to, and it's a it's a legacy standard where they have to conform to CD format. Right. Regardless of the the fact that uh, I I have found a hard it was a hard time for me on Sunday giving away audiobooks on CD. People looked at me and said, CD? "What do you what do you hand me CDs for?" Well, what are these I've things? I've got an iPod in my car. I'm, you know, why would I want a CD? I'm fairly certain that these were originally done as CDs. I mean, the book was written in 1953 or something, 1957, okay. so you know, but but I'm saying even audiobooks recorded today have to conform go to the standard, and they have to file. have that break. This audiobook has been broken into multiple parts to make the download faster. You have reached the end of a part, but not the end of the complete audiobook. So please check your library for the next part of this audiobook. In the, th- so if even if you have a download for um, it still has a some CD of the audiobooks, they're still broken up by uh, one hour segments, so, ninety minute segments. So we all know this pleasant <laughs> gentleman on audio on Audible. Who Audible does, hopes you have enjoyed this recording. Right. Yes, this is Audible. This is Audible. We're gonna find out guy. who that is. <laughs> I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> he's, he's got a great alive. voice. Don't get me wrong. If he's and, still alive, and he sounds like one of the guys from the old days from books on tape. Sure does. You know, he sounds yeah. like he's got that old time accent. This is Audible. Yeah, I've I've uh, 
bookmarked a couple of the chapters from that book, and I, I don't I don't know how I'm going to bring that to you guys without just saying that, that this is a really horrible book. It's a great book about just a horrible subject. Yeah, well, you know what? Even even Area Fifty One, which uh, I'm I'm going through uh, as a bathroom Bible, is still a horrible subject. The Cold War, which a lot of uh, people call World War Three, was um, bad times, really. I mean, you had the Russians and the and the states uh, stagnant and, and not not using their abilities to their fullest because they were devoting so much of their effort to this Cold War, to this uh, arms race for arms that since then have expired and, and waste of effort. But for for fear of, of forgetting this for next week, because I'm sure I'll be done this by next week. I mean, just before I got here to Book Mountain to do the, the podcast, I was listening to something that literally, I'm, I'm driving on the highway literally with my mouth open. And for those of you guys who don't know, I am of German descent and, and there's just parts of this where I just want to reach out to anybody in the world and say, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. I, I, I had no idea. Really, I didn't. I was totally ignorant. And I, and I used to claim to be somewhat of a World War II historian, okay. but just the atrocities. And the one woman who, whose husband ran a, a concentration camp, and she was making lampshades out of human skin. Oh. I, but, but you know what, Greg? Uh, you don't. Want, you have nothing. First of all, that's heavy. as as a that son, heavy. as a son of an immigrant of a Canadian uh, person who came from Germany, you have nothing to be sorry about. And uh, it was Adam Curry who said on, on I think the last No Agenda, the one before. It's not like Germans at the time were sitting at home and thinking, "I'm going to kill me some Jews." It's the governments that do this. It's it's you know what? It's people that get into power that go on these power trips. It's not the people. And the German people at the time, just like the Americans, didn't want to send their boys over to Europe to die. And I'm sure that the Germans, at no point did German, the average German family want to commit this. They were forced in, toe the line. Let's, let's not put this on the German people. Let's put, it on, let's put it on the Nazi government. And, and, and I have relatives, of course, who fought in the war. I have my, my, uh, my great uncle who passed away. I have, my, my, I have several, my grandfather, my opa. You know, told me fantastic stories about all. I, mean, I think I've heard some of them. The, the, I'm not well, sure if it, it was, was your opa or your, or your opa's uh, father. It was my opa who got on the bicycle. <laughs> yeah, we got to tell that one one day. But well, yeah. the thing is, he didn't want to talk about it. I mean, he just wouldn't okay. talk about it. At one point in time, I, I cornered him, and I thought I was going to be on a 24 hour. I was going to be on a 24 hour drive from from Toronto here to uh, Orlando, Florida. Yes, and I thought, all right. This is going to be the time where I'm going to sit sit him down, and you know my my opa was getting into his late age, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get these You're stories get out stories out of before, him now before yes. they die with him. Yes, and I, I mean I, I'm not going to go with actual streets, but we were maybe two major blocks before he said before he was finished with his entire World War stories. He basically said, went here, got captured, went into the prison camp, didn't like it, broke out, went to Italy, got cap, got captured, didn't like it broke out, went back home, <laughs> went to a prison camp, didn't like it, broke out. We, we were two, st- <laughs> right. we were like three three major blocks down the highway. So, uh, But I'm going to be bringing that to the table soon and Brilliant. hopefully, and we won't discuss it probably even as much as we have right now. <laughs> that's so, what I've been reading. And, there, and that's what you've been reading. Okay, you guys remember uh, a few weeks ago I had that book on uh, cave exploration? Oh, I love it. Yes. Spelunker. 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 Don't Hardly even know where. Oh, yeah. 
you brought her you spelunker. and you know what chris i am still i'm i am you know what just because my book mountain yes. my, my my personal book mountain not yes. the one we're standing on right now is so big i haven't got to it but i really want to check that out and i'm not a spelunker type guy one of the lesser you, peaks in you in, did in, convince in the, in the me and i hope you convinced some of our listeners i'm sure you did i am going to check that out uh soon i got so. another one i got another one this one's called born to run the full title of the book is uh, Born to Run, The Hidden Tribe of Super Athletes and the Greatest Race the World Has Never Seen by uh, Chris McDougall. In, in certain circles, this book has the, the impact of, of a Dan Brown novel in fiction or a, a Stieg Larsson series in the fiction world. This is, I felt like as a, uh, uh, as a recreational athlete, I, you know, I wanted to read it, wanted to talk about it. Uh, this uh, was a huge book as of last year. Yes, Greg? I've even heard of this one. I, I have heard of this one. This is about that little little tribe of people who do the, the running and the things. The Tumahara Indians. Yes. Ooh. I heard a review on this one. And I, I, from what I recall, it's a fascinating book. As far as um, the, the book is structured around uh, this guy discovering uh, the Tumahara Indian. Now, you know, we talk about books. We talk about characters, how we love having, you know, really Or as we say, characters, characters, characters. Characters, characters, well, This characters, is a nonfiction again, isn't this it? This is nonfiction, but boy, this guy found... An unbelievable cast of characters that he writes about, and these are real-life characters. So first of all, he has the Tumahara Indians. These are people who live in the Copper Canyons in the Chihuahua province of Mexico. Let me just double-check that for a minute. Is it very small and loud? I'm fairly certain it's Mexico as well. It's Chihuahua, and uh, it is also a notorious drug smuggling area. So civilization, um, this is the Copper Canyons. It's so steep that you can't get vehicles in there, and like even like a, a burro you know, has trouble moving around. So. That's that's a donkey in, in Mexican in Spanish. For those of you who don't know, burro, burro. I love the way you roll your R's. You are truly European. I, yes. You know, guys, when when I was on Touch the background, just uh, coincidentally, make this a quick interjection. I here. will. I will. On Tuesday, when I was on the uh, bear crawling roadshow, uh, the people in the chat room did ask, "Where's that guy's uh, accent from?" And I said, "Well, it's Toronto, Canada, kind of like Boston, you know, Tirana, with a little bit of rolling the R's because I speak Portuguese and a burro." There we go. And break. So, the Tumahar Indians can't use burros or cars, so they run up and down the Copper Canyons. And because it's uh, such an isolated area and because it's, you know, well used for sort of drug growing, drug, drug production and pr- protected by um, Mexican drug cartels, civilization pretty much stays out. So there's no internet, there's no phones. So this is pretty much a legendary tribe. So Chris McDougall finds this one guy, Cabello Blanco. This is one of the that means that translates to white horse. So some white guy, you know, fleeing whatever his... Cavallo Branco? Cavallo. Okay, Cavallo, okay. Uh, this is a white guy uh, who just, he's known for just sort of showing up in Mexican towns and, you know, making a few phone calls, borrowing a computer, and then disappearing into the wilderness again. And he's, you know, made contact with the Tumarari Indians. So this guy, Chris McDougall, finds him and he investigates uh, this tribe. These people regularly run marathon distances daily, and they have you know, no instance of cancer, no instance of heart disease, no instance of, of sort of all the common ailments, diabetes. I'm guessing there's no McDonald's there. There's no McDonald's there. Okay. Good, good call. They, they survive on pinole, and, uh, which is uh, like chia seeds and like corn and whatnot. Anyway, um, and then he proceeds to investigate, first of all, uh, ultra running. So these are people who run 100 mile races that is 160 kilometers for our canadian listeners um i've i'm sure wow. there's many listeners out there who've run you know half marathon marathon right i mean i've, I've run a marathon holy crap it is painful at the end yes. and to think that how long is that for me that's like four hours shy of four hours 
Oh, this, 42 this kilometers. Is. Sorry, 42 Excellent. kilometers. So to run 160 kilometers, 100 miles. Wow. So I, I'll say this, that you go through this, this process, you, know, you do the, uh, the marathon, it, it, you get a sort of profound sort of mental state. Um, from what I understand, once you get past, you know, 50 kilometers, you get into, it, it changes even more. So, right. I mean, we're talking about some really messed up people <laughs> <laughs> who ultimately do this. So these two Mahar Indians now, uh, they do this kind of running on a daily basis and uh, they've got, you know, sort of no injuries, um, no um, common ailments that we all suffer from sort of in the modern yes. world. So these, uh, one of the key aspects of these, uh, the, this tribe, uh, they run on homemade sandals made out of old car tires. Oh yes, no Nike runners. Um, no but Nikes are made out of old car tires. I've, I've heard this. I've heard. I, I, I've, I, so this yeah. is the book that started this. This massive. Wow. I mean, there were there were always people who sort of talked about minimal running, you know, and barefoot running. But I mean, for for decades, you know, since the since the fifties, uh, we've all been going to the you know the the running room, and we've been going to uh, the Nike store and buying. You know, super motion control, cush, super cushion shoes, right? With lights, with lights in the back <laughs> and reflective. Sh- so, these Indians, though they they run they run barefoot. So the book then, let alone is it investigating these Indians and their culture, it's also investigating this uh, this culture of you know ultra distance marathon runners. Uh, he also talks about the history of the shoe injury, uh, the sorry, the shoe business and the physiology of the foot. Comprehensive. So. Uh, and again, this is the book that started uh, the, the, the widespread revolution uh, towards minimalist shoes and, and barefoot running. Ultimately, he talks about <laughs> why we should all run and why it's human to run. This is sort of where it gets kind of spiritual and weird. And he says it's genetically built into us because our ancestors were persistent hunters. Okay. He said that enough, you know, a group of five or six people could run, could literally shave off an elderly wildebeest and run it down. And the reason being is because we perspire. A wildebeest can sprint, you know, a good distance and move at a good pace, but it has to slow down and it has to cool off its body temperature. Whereas we can run at a constant pace for what? We have a cooling system. We have a cooling system for what? They don't. 20 miles, 30 miles, you know, inside 30 miles. So. Ten, ten miles and Paul the book guy, he's panting. He's done. <laughs> ten miles. The lion's I'm got giving me. You, I'm giving you ten blocks. <laughs> I'm giving you to the end of the parking lot. That's about it. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, the, the book does get, uh, apart from all the science, apart from the crazy characters, apart from the nutty races that are 100 miles long and you know running through the middle of the night, this is... I got so amazed reading this book that I started fact-checking this guy. Like, I would just randomly take names. As we all should. I mean, don't them, take anything at face value, I right? Take, I, this is, the book was so amazing to me that I, th- I can't even you take this You had to check it, out. yes. I actually started fact-checking this stuff, and I was like, wow, this stuff actually exists. These people actually do this. So. We should also, you know, qualify this and tell everybody that Chris is a running racer sort of dude. I do this, you, yes. You're racing tomorrow, I'm racing you? tomorrow. All right. Yep. Yeah, so you know, if, if, if a bear race. showed up it's right now at Book miles. Mountain, I know I know, Chris I, would outrun me. I'm, I'm getting still away from The first race. thing I'm doing is I'm hitting Greg in the legs with a bat because <laughs> yeah, I only have to outrun someone. You just got to outrun. You two can fight it out. I'm gone. <laughs> the, old, the old axiom, you only have to be the second slowest. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. So as, part, uh, as far as the writing goes, I was first of all, the story's riveting. 
Uh, the information's great. Um, I even loved uh, the bit about how he talks about, you know, running being spiritual. And it is a completely inspiring book if you ever do. I got to say, think, once you start exerting yourself, there is a point where it becomes a little euphoric, very yeah. euphoric. Uh, the adrenaline gets going. And if you want to continue, you have to be at one with yourself and, and whatnot. Yes, it does become a spiritual moment at one point. The only, the only caveat I'll put to this is in, in the writing, um, he very, the, the author, Chris McDougall, very much takes sort of the gonzo journalist approach and sort of a buddy-buddy approach to you. Like he's, he's a 200-pound guy and he's suffering with his own injuries and he writes himself into the book. Um, it's appealing and it's enjoyable, but there's almost a little bit too much of him in it. But apart from that, uh, the book is excellent. I enjoyed it immensely. It's uh, proven to be immensely influential in uh, the running and exercise community. And uh, it's a great read, even if you do not run. Born to Run, Chris McDougall. Beautiful. And for those of you who would prefer to enjoy it in the audible format, here's a clip. Random House Audio presents Born to Run, a hidden tribe, super athletes, and the greatest race the world has ever seen. By Christopher McDougall. Read for you by Fred Sanders. The best runners leave no tracks. Tao Te Ching. Chapter 1. To live with ghosts requires solitude. Anne Michaels, Fugitive Pieces. For days, I'd been searching Mexico's Sierra Madre for the phantom known as Caballo Blanco, the white horse. I'd finally arrived at the end of the trail, in the last place I expected to find him. Not deep in the wilderness he was said to haunt, but in the dim lobby of an old hotel on the edge of a dusty desert town. Si, el caballo está, the desk clerk said, nodding. Yes, the horse is here. For real? After hearing that I'd just missed him so many times in so many bizarre locations, I'd begun to suspect that Caballo Blanco was nothing more than a fairy tale, a local Loch Ness monstro dreamed up to spook the kids and fool gullible gringos. He's always back by five, the clerk added. It's like a ritual. I didn't know whether to hug her in relief or high-five her in triumph. I checked my watch. That meant I'd actually lay eyes on the ghost in less than... Hang on. But it's already after six. The clerk shrugged. Maybe he's gone away. I sagged into an ancient sofa. I was filthy, famished, and defeated. I was exhausted, and so were my leads. Some said Caballo Blanco was a fugitive. Others heard he was a boxer who'd run off to punish himself after beating a man to death in the ring. No one knew his name or age or where he was from. He was like some Old West gunslinger whose only traces were tall tales and a whiff of cigarillo smoke. Descriptions and sightings were all over the map. Villagers who lived impossible distances apart swore they'd seen him traveling on foot on the same day and described him on a scale that swung wildly from funny and simpatico to freaky and gigantic. But in all versions of the Caballo Blanco legend, certain basic details were always the same. He'd come to Mexico years ago and trekked deep into the wild, impenetrable Barrancas del Cobre, the Copper Canyons, to live among the Tarahumara, a near-mythical tribe of Stone Age superathletes. The Tarahumara, pronounced Spanish-style by swallowing the H, 
Tara U. Mara, may be the healthiest and most serene people on earth and the greatest runners of all time. When it comes to ultra distances, nothing can beat a Tara Umara runner. Not a racehorse, not a cheetah, not an Olympic marathoner. Very few outsiders have ever seen the Tara Umara in action, but amazing stories of their superhuman toughness and tranquility have drifted out of the canyons for centuries. One explorer swore he saw a Tara Umara catch a deer with his bare hands chasing the bounding animal until it finally dropped dead from exhaustion, its hoofs falling off. Another adventurer spent ten hours climbing up and over a Copper Canyon mountain by mule. A Tara Umara runner made the same trip in ninety minutes. Try this, a Tara Umara woman once told an exhausted explorer who'd collapsed at the base of a mountain. She handed him a gourd full of a murky liquid, he swallowed a few gulps and was amazed to feel a new energy pulsing in his veins. He got to his feet and scaled the peak like an over-caffeinated Sherpa. The Tara Umara, the explorer would later report, also guarded the recipe to a special energy food that leaves them trim, powerful, and unstoppable. A few mouthfuls packed enough nutritional punch to let them run all day without rest. But whatever secrets the Tara Umara are hiding, they've hidden them well. To this day, the Tara Umara live in the side of cliffs higher than a hawk's nest, in a land few have ever seen. The Barrancas are a lost world in the most remote wilderness in North America, a sort of shore-bound Bermuda Triangle. For a list of books and other items discussed on this podcast, go to paulthebookguy.com slash shownotes. It's about truth. Malcolm Stark kept an appointment with his soul to meet in a dream and died in his sleep. These things he feared, and in a sense, these things might be called the hands of God reached forth against sin. It's about life. That was the year my father died and my mother had to start working again. That was the year that Mike Todd and his friends decided to make my life unbearable. I'm sorry, I can't do it, Rhett said, frustration coursing in every breath. I'm good at repairing, painting, whatever, but he trailed off thinking of a way to convey his thoughts to the architect. It's about the human condition. As a parent-to-be, you hope your child will be perfect. Of course, you know she won't be, but that's okay. He didn't say anything. I finished unbuttoning my blouse and turned around. With the moonlight coming through the window, I could see that his face was wet. I started crying, too. Il Desperandum, literary fiction in the audio format from the Bear Crawling Nation. www.ndstories.com This is Gabrielle DeCure, the voice of Valentine in Ender's Game, and you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. And Greg has a book that is? Biographies. Nice. Yes, it is a biography of Jane Lynch. Greg, Greg, Greg. It's it's not uh, all accent uh, episode yet. Oh, we're we're going to have one of those. Yeah. All episode, yeah, the all accent yes, episode. Very soon we will have a, an all accent episode, but not now, not today. I pick Mexican. 
All right. <laughs> Shotgun Mexican. I will do Russian. Can I have Urdu? <laughs> All right, guys. I was lucky enough to get a pre-release copy of Jane Lynch's Happy Accidents. Uh, most of my friends know, and I'm sure you guys know, I am a what they call a gleek. I like glee. Uh, most of the characters, I've I've said already that uh, I, there's certain characters there that I, I'd want to poke in the eye with hot pokers. We're still getting you, trying to get you to burst out into song on the podcast, though, Greg. Springfield, <laughs> Springfield, it's a hell of a town. No, that's, that's not me. I, I that's not me. It. No, it's <laughs> not Greg. So I, for maybe, being a gleek, maybe, maybe. I guess Come on, man. I, I played. I, I tried to play harmonica last week. Come on, let's do this. Okay. As let's close. Let, let's let him go. Let's let him go. I think as close as you're going to get was when you snuck that Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you, you did oh, very well right. there. That's okay. Right. Yeah, yes. that, when you snuck kudos, that Saturday Night Live music in there, and I was. I did the. I don't know the darn the Don Pardo. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jane Lynch's Happy Accents uh, with a foreword by Carol Burnett. Uh, so one one of her uh, her friends now as a result of her acting career. Kidding. And, so so yeah. Jane Lynch and Carol Burnett are actual friends. Actual right friends, now? and that's oh, how she how she was able to get her to actually appear on Glee for an episode as her mother. The uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, I'm not a Gleek. Well, in, in typical Sue Sylvester. Now Jane Lynch is most famous to most people for uh, her character Sue Sylvester on the television show Glee, where she plays the antagonist. Uh, to Will Schuster, who is the teacher who who uh, leads the Glee Club. Uh, so Sue Sylvester's mother would be this character played by Carol Burnett, who of course is a Nazi hunter. <laughs> so that was yeah. This is the I whole tie-in with the thing. It's the whole tie-in. So I mean, it's yes. it's a, that's just to show you that they do have a, a real good sense of humor on that show. But the the book, the book is how serious. How serious is the book? Is it uh, does it tie in with the show? Is it as funny or not until it's appropriate? Okay, not okay. So, uh, not until the end. Uh, Glee, as a part of her career, is not. It doesn't come till the end. I mean, she is. So she it's, is, it's the end game of the book, obviously. Is, yeah. She is an accomplished actress, other than her role on Glee. I mean, she was a, a bit character, and uh, she was she did a lot of she, uh, recurring characters. She said she was lucky enough to have some good characters that in recurring roles, such as um, on the L Word and Boston Legal, and and of course. Um, Wait a minute. Who was she in Boston Legal? She was a lesbian uh, lawyer. Oh, okay. I, I must have missed that episode. I really yeah. love Boston Legal. Okay. She was on, f- I think it was four or five. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Where does the book back? start? The book starts uh, with her as a child and uh, details her struggles. Where does the book start? Is what I should have said instead of just, bah! So, where does the book start? <laughs> the book starts in so Illinois. She's a child in Illinois. Okay. In Illinois. Book is starting yes. in Illinois. Oh, very good. A so, young, this is the young actress's trip from Illinois to Hollywood. Um, it deals with the pressures that she uh, that she dealt with, uh, realizing that she was uh, gay at an early age, and okay. um, what that did to her and her relationships growing up. It um, now, Chris, you were saying when I when I picked this book up, yeah. that you didn't, you weren't certain that she had a, a life story I, yet. I, Enough I, of a story to fill a book. I'm not trying to accuse Jane Lynch of that fact. I'm just saying that when people write sort of middle aged memoirs, I take well, pa- but, I take but a there pause. was a mention of a memoir, and, and, and uh, Chris did mention that uh, as a memoir so, is usually a lifetime story. So not, for yes, 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 I did, I did 
take a, you know, I did point out that I'm not that keen on knowing how right. someone and, got to their midlife. And I'll tell you that that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. I okay. mean, she is only in her early fifties now yeah. and, uh, you know, we're not talking about someone, you know, Shatner-esque who's, you know, in, in, what's hey, Shatner's going to live to 104. Okay. He's only at midlife. And he should, and we want him to, but I mean, you <laughs> right. know, Denny he's Crane, done baby. so much, Denny Crane. but through reading this, you realize how much she actually has done. And, and, uh, the title of the book is appropriate. Her life is a series of happy accidents. I enjoyed reading it. I, I really do. And, and I'm going to, this is remember reader, uh, listeners a couple weeks ago. I, when I came to you guys with the millennium series, I said, I'm going to find a book that I really enjoy. And I'm going to come and I'm going to say, everybody read this. If you are a Gleek, you'll love this. And Jane Lynch, I've I've been a fan of hers since before she was in Glee. I loved her in Julia and Julia. I loved her in um, what is it, uh, Best in Show, and um, so I've been a fan of hers from before Glee. For a while, and yes. She just happens to be in Glee, which I really appreciate. The only thing I'm going to say about this book that's negative is she did talk a lot about other people. Okay, and so the book at times felt like it was the autobiography of some of her friends. And I thought, well, but sometimes some of these autobiographies, it's it's interesting to to hear the stories about the other people that they know, famous people. Yeah, it's okay. it's important. No, 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 not all these people. In fact, none of the people that she details were really famous people. That said, it's important to to learn about them as well and how the effect that they had on her life. It's very heartwarming. She's open and honest about her uh, sexuality, about her problems. Um, I would say that this book was probably also very therapeutic for her. A real point of of happiness. She's sorting life. out her own life in her head? Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe explaining it to herself. I mean, sometimes I guess you, you need that type of thing. Yes. So I, I highly recommend it. If you go get the audiobook, it is narrated by Carol Burnett and Jane oh, Lynch. You're kidding me. Yeah, this is one the that aud- I think... So the audio is, is narrated by Carol Burnett and right. Jane Lynch? The foreword is by Carol Burnett. Oh, that's brilliant. And you know what? Seven- you almost just sold me now. I wasn't going to read the book. I'm not, I wasn't too interested. You've made it more interesting now listening to you. And now that you said that Carol and Jane are, are reading it themselves... Play, playing the Carol Burnett card does wow. really up the ante. <laughs> that was like the trump <laughs> card, the audiobook trump card. She doesn't do the Tarzan, though. She's come out on top as a performer and as a human being. And I'm happy to call her my friend. Chapter 1 If I could go back in time and talk to my 20-year-old self, the first thing I would say is, lose the perm. Secondly, I would say, relax. Really, just relax. Don't sweat it. I can't remember a time when I wasn't anxious and fearful that the parade would pass me by. And I was sure there was someone or something outside of myself with all the answers. I had a driving, anxiety-filled ambition. I wanted to be a working actor so badly. I wanted to belong and feel like I was valued and seen. Well, now I am a working actor, and I guarantee you, it's not because I suffered or worried over it. As I look back, the road to where I am today has been a series of happy accidents. I was either smart or stupid enough to take advantage of. I thought I had to have a plan, a strategy, Turns out I just had to be ready and willing to take chances, look at what's right in front of me, and put my heart into everything I do. All that anxiety and fear didn't help, nor did it fuel anything useful. Finally, releasing that worry served to get me out of my own way. 
So my final piece of advice to the 20-year-old me, be easy on your sweet self and don't drink Miller Lite Tallboys in the morning. I don't know why, but I was born with an extra helping of angst. And I'd love to be able to blame this on my parents, as I'm told this is good for book sales. But I can't. I grew up in a family that was pure Americana. We lived in Dalton, Illinois, one of the newly founded villages south of Chicago created to house the burgeoning middle class. We were like the subject of a Norman Rockwell painting, except it was the 60s and the 70s, so he would have had to paint us with bell-bottoms and a stocked liquor cabinet. I didn't settle into myself as a child, but the family I had around me was entertaining and embraced the life we had. My dad, Frank, was a classic Irish Catholic cut-up. He was always singing a ditty, dancing a soft shoe, or cracking wise while mixing a cocktail. He was almost bald by the time he was 19, and every day he'd smear sea and ski sun lotion on top of his naked head, then slap a little VO5 onto his hands and smooth the ring of hair around the sides with a flourish. How do you like that, he'd say to himself in the mirror. And singing under his breath, I've got things to do, places to go, people to see. And after that daily sea and ski ritual, damn if he still didn't end up getting skin cancer on his pate. However, it would be lung cancer that took my dad from us in 2003, and I miss him every day. I can remember my dad when I was really young. So young, it's like Vaseline over the memory, dancing with me in the living room. Do you come here often, he'd ask, twirling me around and singing along with Sid Caesar. My dad also did a bang-up Bing Crosby. I loved it when he sang, and we never had to wait very long for it. He'd sing while putting sugar in his coffee, while buffing his shoes, or for no reason at all. He'd make up songs about us, and the more ridiculous, the better. To the tune of Valdery Valdera, he'd sing Jane-a-ree, Jane-a-ra. My nickname became simply Aria-ra. He added Anakins, or erotomy, to the end of anyone's name. My older sister was Julie Anakins, my younger brother, Bob Erotomy. One of his favorite joyous exclamations was pontiff, pontiff, from the word pontifical, which was his way of saying fabulous. And my cup runneth over was boiled down to my cup, my cup. Speaking of cup, coffee was caphiticus. My mom was LT, long thing, because she was tall. And the phone was the telephonic communicator. We would all roll our eyes and feign embarrassment but we all wanted to be the subject of dad's silliness, to be a part of his joy. The Think Geek, item of the week from thinkgeek.com. Give it to him, Greg, give it to him. How to How survive, to survive. The robot uprising. uprising. This is a, the actual, very serious, official handbook on how to survive a robot uprising. Ooh, that's going to be handy about five years. Daniel H. Wilson, because they keep coming out with more and more robots that are developing thinking technology. And what do we say here at Book Mountain? If, if it's smarter than you, kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. So Daniel H. Wilson is a PhD. He's uh, worked at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. i worked for Microsoft Research and the Palo Alto Research Center. And also with the Intel. So, I mean, he's got a good... He's got a good background. He's got some serious robot cred. Well, so, he, so he, robot he's cred. got some good uh, future vision on this, uh, actual life experience. Right. And it, it's an interesting bathroom Bible type of thing. Bathroom Bible. Uh, little snippets, little chapters on what exactly to do, um, how... 
how these things might actually come to pass. You know, so he's got a section here on recognizing human speech. It, it uh, details uh, which companies have, have pioneered voice recognition in computers and how that will eventually make it so that you have to defeat this particular ability that they have. Right. So there's always a, like, like a little bit of fact, a little bit of history, and then extrapolated into a horrifying future. Yes. <laughs> and you know what, Greg? I, I have that's exactly. That's I, I, I know. I know where the last time you placed that book. I have seen it before. I've read probably half of it because it is. Oh. Bathroom Bible. Sure. It's been in the toilet here for what a year and a half <laughs> since I. That's where it I read one excerpt from it where it said. Is your robot vacuum just trying to snuggle with your foot? Or is it trying to figure out how to cut your legs off? Or <laughs> something like that. It was great. Was, kill it with fire. Kill it, 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 it all yes. comes down to kill it with fire. Or, I mean, in the case of a Dalek, you can just throw a, a scarf over it, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Poke its so, eye out. I, I found this. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about this was I found it funny. I found it also very interesting. I, I didn't expect this to be educational at all. I bought this and I thought it was just going to be a, a bunch of hooey. It's going to be all jokes? Yeah, all it's jokes. It's very witty. Very witty. It's very witty, but it is also... It's also sincere. Educational. And, and you know what? Well, yeah, but you know yeah. what? 10, 20 so, years from now, it, it will be in hand, an actual handbook to yeah. survive. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's 174 pages, large font, big spaces. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, uh, thick pages. And segmented. Bathroom Bible style. The segmented uh, lots of bathroom fun. Bible if, if you have a young adult in your life... Great gift. Highly recommend. And that was this week's The Think Geek Item of the Week from ThinkGeek.com. And coming up next, we're going to talk about an application that uh, we've uh, used. Chris uses it more than I do. Uh, I, I tend to focus on my Kindle, Kobo, and iBooks app. Uh, I know Chris used the Stanza app for iOS. Uh, okay, this whole thing came up because you emailed me. A, an app for 99 cents from the app store that was yes. you know, 23,000 whatever books that you could download. Absolutely. And then I promptly emailed back what? Uh, Gutenberg Galaxy or Gutenberg.org yes. and Stanza. So this sort of started a discussion, you know, and you know what? what do you use? When, when we're finished talking about Stanza, and you're right, Stanza is superior for me and you, and I'm still going to talk about that app after we're done because it's just so easy to use. Stanza... What's grinding, me, what's grinding me lately about you know Kobo and Amazon and all that is you you have to subscribe through their websites. And yes. Oh, yeah. can I, may I may interject? We're going to do the uh, Amazon. I just, I just uncorked it, so go ahead. Just right. today. Uh, okay, I got to say, iBook app, link to my iTunes uh, account, easy. Order, 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 book comes in. Uh, if I order it on my iPad, it shows up on my iPhone, shows up wherever. That's the is that an iOS five thing or an iOS four thing? That's an iOS whatever thing. If you order okay. on your iPhone and then you pick up your iPad and go to the store and order the same thing, it says download. Okay, you can download, and, that, and that's an update recently. Yes, Greg, okay. it is very recent that you can download well, back and forth. I just want to remind you, you yes. do have that developer copy of of yes, which I will iOS not discuss because that will violate my uh, developer contract. Right. I will not talk about that, but. Uh, this is a, a feature throughout iOS right now. If you order on, on one, you can get on the other. But my Kindle app, because I have the, uh, the, kin, the Amazon account, I have two Amazon accounts right now for some reason. Yeah. Twice I've tried to fix this, and uh, they keep telling me it's to, fixed. To great frustration, guys. I can to just great I can, yeah, frustration. There have uh, been some bad words said in, yes. in this regard. Yes. So I tried to buy a, a Kindle 
uh, book the other day and it wouldn't go to my app, my iPad or iOS, whatever. Regardless, it's so much easier on, on iBooks and that, that's why I'm, um, I'm saying this. I, you guys go ahead and break yourself in half. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm sticking with, uh, with Stanza. Stan, really? Stanza is a phenomenal app. It's like a pickup truck. It's just you can load anything in it. And yes. It just, you can drive it wherever you and want. And you can, you can uh, put links into it to, to book repositories and get them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just, it's just so But at the same time, for grandma or mom, you want to hand mom <sighs> Kindle. Mm-hmm. If you set it up for her, you want to hand her a Kindle or you want to hand her an iPad with iBooks set up. Right. You don't want to hand mom or, or grandma that first generation stanza. Oh, okay. How many? She will okay, be listen, lost. Listen to this. How long are these people going to stay alive? What? We got another, what, 10 years? <laughs> what? <laughs> we're not going to okay, progress uh, in technology because we're expecting no, all the old no, people to No, no, we're not going to progress in technology. Ladies and gentlemen, that, death panel Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chris. Come on. We're going to get to a I point. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Where, you know, we can talk about you know, the, the, the best application for the job and not have to worry about making it forehead simple for grandma, right? But soon we're going to be grandpa and grandpa right. here. Ah, but it's not, we're not going to have the same... They, grandma <laughs> cannot hurdle, you know, an it, Intel chip. You know, we grew up right. doing that, right? So anyway, I'm sticking by it. Learn to use Stanza. Okay, but you boot up Stanza, and yes, there are a lot of easy ways to get books. Uh, the only thing I was saying about the 23,000-some-odd app for iPhone is it's presented in a, an easy-to-use graphic interface. You can swipe through books, genres, easy to get the books, and it's only like 99 cents. So the difference between free and 99 cents is, is less than a dollar. So, yes, Stanza is the all-purpose reading app. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I never well, thought of it that way. it's less than a dollar, right? You know? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, wait. Greg, look, if, if you, Helga, your mom, if you want to introduce her to a, a great repository for books... I would suggest to you, spend the freaking 99 cents, get that app. Yeah, absolutely. Other than, other than that, you have to spend like half an hour to show how to use Stanza. And again, Stanza is great. It's a multi-purpose app. You can open up EPUBs okay, and let's, PDFs Let's in be it. clear here too that the 23,000 books that we're talking about are yes, they're public, public domain. domain. And, and again, most so of the stuff you can get in Stanza your that mom, is legal to download your is mom, public domain. Uh, that's true, but you can also. Okay, so we're not advocating. Uh, we're not advocating advocating piracy this of books. Isn't stealing. This right. is we're talking about legitimate so, this, ways this of acquiring my, this, this books. A secondary issue here is that a lot of what you're going to get in that twenty three thousand books is like that. Helga's your mom is not going to read. We're going to have to get her to read. Helga the, wants Dan Brown. She doesn't right. want right. Yeah, and she wants Dan Brown. She wants Steve. She wants Steve. Yeah. So that uh, my point is is that uh, you know. Talk about the app. It's for the people who are going to read the classic, uh, you know, public domain literature. Yes, uh, it it just looked like a cheap money grab to me. You know, they throw it out there for ninety nine cents, and somebody right. looks like, oh, look at that! I can get all these books, and then they get all these books, and it's you know, it's Count of Monte Cristo, and it's Nietzsche, and it's right. Yes, yes. But who has read all of those? Like, I mean, for ninety nine cents, you get all of them, and you get them in a, in a way I, that it's is accessible. Now, don't get me wrong, because a, a lot of authors have I sent us EPUBs. Of They've sent us a non-DRM EPUBs that I've read in Stanza. Okay, so if it's not in DRM... Oh, I know. No, that's what I'm saying. Stanza it's is not DRM'd. You can download I it. I know. But those are EPUB. all things that if you're going to get a, if you're going to get an e-reader, most e-readers now come with all of those public domain books in it anyways. Right. Mike Kobo, Mike Kobo it, yes. came with 150, and they said, well, 150 books. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And it's all the same. You have the actual Kobo reader? You got the... Yeah. 
Now but, the, the the thing the thing Greg Kobo has it, iBooks has it, Kindle has all they, those same books. But they advertise it too, so you can't. Yes, but you would have to specifically search for uh, those classic books. Where in the twenty three thousand somewhat, if you just uh, search for free books on the iOS store, you'll get that twenty three thousand five hundred some odd app for ninety nine cents. They're categorized. They're they're in columns. They're in genres. It's so convenient to find them. Even for me, the book guy, I'm one of the three book guys here. It's easier for me for 99 cents to the find them in that book. You're the founding book. book guy. No, 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 no. We're all the founding book guys. We're all here at <laughs> 001. What a crappy episode. We made it go away, folks. I hope it. you deleted it's that one. Gone. It's nobody, gone. Nobody listened to one, two, or three. It's never happened. Started never four happened. or five. But um, for me, it's easier to find them. That's all I'm saying. Stanza, yes, you can get them all. iBooks, yes. Kobo, uh, iBookstore. You can get all those books by searching for them specifically. But if you're not that familiar with the with the classics, the the twenty three thousand some odd. We'll put a link in the show notes. Is an easier way to find them because you can click. If you like science fiction, you click science fiction. You like fiction, you click fiction. If you like mystery, you click mystery. And there they are. There's five hundred of them. Classics. Yes. You want a good book? You got to pay for it, really, or steal it. Period. If something is worth value, you have to either pay for it or steal it. And we advocate paying for it. So how do how does this relate to? I mean, we've now uh, we've all heard about Amazon's plan to have a book subscription. Yes, similar to similar to the. Oh, Netflix. hang on. You know what that is? Book news. I've been uh, going to the library a lot with my uh, daughter recently. She's gotten a fascination with the library. She's getting all of her books. Actually, she's taking out books. This is so sweet. She's taking it. My nine year old is taking out books for the five year old to read to her. Oh, that's brilliant. And I just think that's so sweet. And then she gets her Xbox. You know what? Too. That means you've done a good job. I know. She, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that... Uh, my my nine-year-old, Rebecca, so fantastic. Uh, in her spare time, she just she does worksheets for the five-year-old. <laughs> brilliant. And, and, she, and then she came to me the other day. She said, here's Ava's book. I said, what's that? And she says, oh, this is Ava's workbook where she's been reading and writing for me. And I'm like, <laughs> Very, can continue what you're doing. They're raising themselves, Greg. You can have another five awesome. or six now. Carry on. I'll take care Carry of themselves. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I approve. This is I good. approve this method. So I'm taking her to and from the the library because it's just a little bit too much of a walk, and uh, of course the library has a download service as well. Yes, right. But they have a limited amount of books that you can use, and it's very difficult. Some, a lot of municipalities, you have to check the municipality you're in. A lot of people are saying that your library will not have, their, or your library's application will not allow you to download onto a, a Kindle. Oh, so it works in laggards. Yeah, I know it works with with the Kobo, and um, but other than that, I'm and I, I'm 99 sure it works with the iPad as well. But uh, I think this is a great way of doing it. Well, coming back to Amazon, did you did you, were you coming around to that? Again? I was coming around to the coming Amazon. right back around, folks. Amazon is releasing a. We, Paul discussed this on the episode last week. Paul, Amazon is thinking of releasing uh, a book subscription service. Net, Netflix style, yeah. Netflix style subscription service, and we were going to discuss that. And I, see, to me, I think this could work. Yeah. I, I, what, what are your cons, Greg? The con is, why would I pay ten dollars for for a, a, a rental service when I already have a free rental service? I can go to library. My, I can right. go to my library. It, well, we just discussed how difficult the library makes it on you if i mean and and we know how easy netflix is and if, we do know that the book publishers don't send recent books to the library you might get like the help has been on itunes this is the classic for the last the library, year the, the book but the library need, might not get it till see, next year there's gonna be 15 holds on it yeah 
So I okay, if, sure. If, but I'm that's, saying if if Amazon can make this as smooth and seamless as Netflix, I think there's a real. Oh, absolutely. Also, market. if Amazon can sign, can sign the book read. deals to allow, because I mean, just because that's, the book is out in yes. EPUB or or in in a, in a digital fashion doesn't mean that it's going to be available on this digital distribution. When I say smooth and seamless, I'm including that there's a, a deep author list. No, right, I'm also uh, saying that uh, if they do this thing, they should have a system where if if uh, Greg writes a book about parenting children. But he, he, <laughs> Please, or, no. Sorry, let me try that again. And a zombie if, apocalypse happens just after that. If, if Greg writes a book about how not to parent children... That's better. Okay. Uh, he should be able to flag his own book as available in the set. Yes. That would be brilliant. Now, if, if this is a matter like, of Amazon cherry-picking books and putting them in a small portion and then saying, this is 10 bucks a month, I'm against that. Because I love the, the... Amazon right now, its strength is... Independent authors being there alongside uh, major blockbusters. Uh, so that's this, Amazon's strength right now. This is what we're fantasizing see, about right see, now. But is if that they, there is a, if, a rental service for 10 bucks that will give us access to many, many things. See, if they go the same way as Netflix. See, now everybody's saying, ooh, it's an Amazon right. sim- system similar to Netflix. Okay, your Netflix, I know your Netflix account expired and you were happy. Yes. And in Canada, okay, just for those of you guys who don't know, I mean, a lot of you are in the United States and Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> you know that we don't Number actually one get, Indonesia. we don't have the same complaint that you in the United States are currently having with Netflix where they increased your prices. We never, ever got the disc service. So all I know, the only thing that I know as a Canadian yes. about Netflix is downloading. I only know streaming. And I don't get the same content that yes, you do. We get an inferior so We get an inferior selection, selection yes. of, of things. So now that's another issue. When these things come, are you going to get the same uh, stock of uh, books that are similar in quality that your Netflix would be? Because I dropped it. I, I liked Netflix. I watched a couple of episodes. I, I watched a couple of series of shows that I missed. But then after that, I ran out of content. I'm right, not paying right. that type of money to go and watch movies that are five or six years old and they were B-movies to I've begin got, with. Uh, I've got another example. Uh, what about, let's compare this to a music service like Spotify. Okay. Okay. Is anybody going to... I don't sign up for... No. No. On average, between myself, my wife, my two kids, who are into popular music, on average, every month, I spend more than $5 on legitimate music anyways. So for me, $5 for Spotify almost seems reasonable. Okay. Right. Let's, again, when it's available in Canada. Because again... Or for a shared Kindle account. Let's say you had two Kindles in the house and a, and a, and a, and a whatever, a other device that played Kindle, an iPad. Would that not be worth it for you for $10 a month to have a Kindle for yourself, one for your wife, and, uh, and a, you know, whatever, an iPod Touch for one of the kids? That's three of you reading for 10 bucks a month. It's going to be different in everybody's... Everybody's situation is going to be different. Right. Like I said, there's going to be pros and cons for everybody. Okay. Right now... I, Let's pull I don't back. see it. The, it's, it's projected, right? It's suggested that... It's projected. And it's also, wait a second, you also have to be an Amazon uh, Premier member, Amazon okay, Plus. Okay, so there's lots of hoops to get through yet here. Right. You have to be, what is it, what are they calling their, their Premier service? Uh, the Amazon Prime. Sorry. Okay. So you have to, it's, it's an addition to your Amazon Prime. I just have to remember which uh, account that I have that I can yeah, well, use with. Again, you have a unique... Two accounts, right. same email address, two different passwords. And you can't get rid of one of them. And I can't combine them. Right, and you can't combine or get rid of the one. Uh, help me, Amazon. You're my only hope. I think it'll be good. 
and I think I would be compelled to do it if I was able to a get do this not and not have the device. Okay. If I could do it through the app. Fine. Well, well, traditionally, uh, so far they've never been device reliant. They've been account reliant. But, but so is the prime, they're is not the, is dependent the prime, on the, is their prime service device reliant or not? No. You okay. can, no, it's all account. Okay, that's fine. It's all dependent and, and on your then, account. And then B, I need content. I, I mean, I need those it's first. It's going to come run. down to the content. Well, which yeah, which is why I'm saying, if all the independent authors and the smaller authors can flag themselves on, now instead of having a thousand books initially, you could have a hundred thousand. If that's all that I'm getting is independent and first run authors, then I'm not paying this extra money. I'm sorry. Really? I, and I mean, we love our independent and first run authors. You guys are great. We love you, the Carricks, and all the people who have sent in their books here for us to review. Fantastic. But I'm not paying extra to Amazon. Okay. For, to you, the author. The author, I'll pay you. Right. But I'm not going to pay Amazon. Excellent point. Right. Okay. Good Excellent point. Because a lot of the independents are like under five dollars, so you know you'd, you'd be getting a deal just by buying them yourself, right? Right. Okay. So we need the content, and I don't want second rate. I, I don't see Amazon. Uh, second rate is not doing fair. this with like Stephen King, who wants ten bucks. Out of the, the shot anyways. How far is this projected yeah. out before it's uh, for real? Any it's idea? all rumor. It's, it's all, all rumor, rumor so far. Okay. No, they, they've announced that they're they're intending on doing it. They haven't given a real date yet. Well, I intend on taking over the world, but uh, may or may not happen. <laughs> I intend on taking playing over the world.com. I intend on playing with the Blue Jays, but they there just haven't go. called me yet. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens. It's uh, Right now it's all chat, but uh, I think a Netflix, Amazon style might work. We're all looking could, at each other. It has potential. Mm, yeah, plausible. It has potential. It has plausible. To, uh, we'll the, call it plausible. We'll call Are we it all in agreement? Yeah. All those in as favor of plausible? Motion carry. Amazon, carried. Amazon <laughs> Busters <laughs> call it plausible. Amazon Busters. Coming up next. Audio dramas. All right, this is a quick pick uh, based on an earlier pick by... Um, Mr. Chris, a couple the book weeks guy ago, Jigger. I did, my, uh, I did my high school flashback, Brave New yes. World. Brave New World. And uh, Chris, I wanted to dive into that old high school classic, but I couldn't quite do it. So I did a quick search on Amazon. I go, well, maybe I'll listen to the audiobook while I'm <laughs> getting ready to shovel snow in about a month from now when it starts falling in Toronto. But uh, I actually found the original radio drama of Brave New World. Now, if you search on Audible or paulthebookguy.com slash Audible for... Uh, Brave New World, you will find a two-hour audio drama. It's obviously abridged. It's not the full yes, book. Abridged. But if you want to get a taste of what the book is like, and th- again, we're going back, and I keep saying we're going to do some uh, modern audio dramas, and of course, here I am, you know, backtracking again. Another, 19, Another 1940s. Uh, classic. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh, Brave New World. Uh, I believe it was by CBS. I could be wrong. But uh, it is introduced by Aldous Huxley himself. He actually... Cool. Yes, he actually takes the mic, and he helps introduce the story. And it's only uh, it's a two part show, in one hour segments. If you enjoy the ideas that are there, and they're still relevant today, he's still spot on. As far as future telling, I'll he say is again, that's, that's, on what, track. that's what shocked me most about the book was that yes. uh, everything he described in that future scenario, although you know crazy and displaced, was essentially a, a pretty good description of the yeah. world we live in today. As crazy as his ideas were in the 1940s, he is still predicting our immediate future. So he, he's spot on. Check out that audio drama. It's only two hours long. I'm going to play a short clip in a bit. But if you like that, you might want to revisit Chris's childhood. <laughs> the high school classic that I missed. <laughs> right. The high school classic that he and I missed. I, I, I think I did the Coles, Coles notes where I snuck out the, the window <laughs> during that class. But 
Here's a short clip of that radio drama from Audible. Nature allowed us only to have twins or perhaps triplets or so. Today we can create scores, yes, scores of identical individuals. We can manufacture men and women in uniform batches. Think of it. An entire factory staffed with the product of one single egg. 96 identical individuals working 96 identical machines. At last, society really knows where it stands. Remember, it was our Ford who gave us the concept of the assembly line when he was on Earth many centuries ago. And now, boys, we will go up to the bottling room where we shall see how we create each class of society. Alphas, betas, deltas, etc. Come with me. Well, Danina. Oh, director. Oh, charming, charming. Ah, what are you injecting into our embryos today, my dear? Typhoid antitoxins? Yes, sir. Are you uh, busy this afternoon? Oh, not after five, sir. Good. Suppose we get together then on the roof. That would be fine. I've admired you for some time, Lenina. I'm looking forward to a closer acquaintance. Thank you, sir. And now, boys, we're off to the bottling room. You are a lucky girl. The director of hatcheries and conditioning. Oh, hello, Fanny. Oh, you can trust the director to be the perfect gentleman. I saw him pat you. He wants me. You see? That shows what he stands for. The strictest conventionality. And it's about time you started belonging to someone else, my dear. But I like Henry Foster. We've only been with each other four months. Four months? Well, what would the district world controller say? You know how he disapproves anything intense or long-drawn. And it isn't as though there were anything painful or disagreeable about being with one or two other men besides Henry. After all, everyone belongs to everyone else. You're quite right, Fanny, as usual. Good girl. Uh, Fanny, do you know Bernard Marx? <gasps> Bernard well, Ma Why not? Bernard's an Alpha Plus. Besides, he asked me to go to New Mexico, to the Savage Reservation with him. But his reputation. They say he doesn't like obstacle golf. Oh, they say, they say. And that he spends most of his time by himself alone. They say somebody made a mistake when he was still in the bottle. Thought he was a gamma and put alcohol into his blood substitute. That's why he's so stunted. Oh, what nonsense. Oh, very well, Lenina. It's your life, my dear. But I think you're heading for trouble. All right, guys. It's another week. Episode eleven in the can. Episode twelve. What uh, twelve. This is the actual twelve. Well, it's eleven for you. <laughs> it's eleven for me. You finally actual episode one. twelve. I, I did miss one. You know the whole thing was we had an original schedule of uh, recording at eleven and the twelve. So I had on in the sheet in front of me kept saying twelve. So I kept saying twelve, 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 twelve. This is, ladies and gentlemen, actual episode twelve. Next week is thirteen. Uh, guys, great to have you back. I got to tell you, it was a lot of heavy lifting on my own. Thank you very much, Paul, for uh, toughing it out last week. Woo. Uh, I know you guys had uh, important things to do. We're not going to mention it, but uh, you guys had, uh, you were doing God's work last week, both of you. I was doing your work. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I am God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wow. But, no, but Chris was doing God's work. You were doing my work, and I was doing the Paul the Book Guy work. But uh, regardless, it all came out okay in the end. Uh, I'm glad we had the carrots on, and uh, they made the show bearable. We really did miss you guys. Uh, glad to have you back, and uh, we'll see you everybody again next week. I am Paul the Book Guy Alves. I'm Chris the Book Guy. I'm Greg the Book Guy. See you guys <laughs> next week. Same book time, same book channel. 
what will happen next. Stay tuned, constant readers. <laughs>